Hey, yeah. Yeah, what's up? What is your favorite holiday? I don't know, tradition or I don't know, whatever. Favorite holiday tradition. Um, first off, my favorite holiday is definitely Thanksgiving. All right. Um, once you cross that threshold with uh, Christmas and you can't get people to buy you a lot of free gifts anymore, you definitely switch over. So it's Thanksgiving now. Um, the biggest tradition for Thanksgiving is my family's stuffing. They put a little bit of, uh, what do you call that, sage sausage in it. Word? It's really good. Um, the problem is this last Thanksgiving, my grandmother decided that she was done cooking. So she catered it. I think it was from like Williams and Sonoma, some some bowl. And um, we hated it. <laughs> I've never had cream spinach at a black family Thanksgiving in my life. There was... Uh, bean casserole string bean casserole which was gross and you know we're always respectful to the matriarch of the family but we straight up told her at the table like don't ever do this again because <laughs> we're not coming if you do it's wow you straight up told the 80 year old woman like don't ever not cook for me again woman nah, she knew she knew after that three beans she knew she knew <laughs> she knew the error for ways <laughs> what about you uh so i do not like the holidays mm-hmm I have never really gotten into Christmas or the one year my mother said we were half celebrating Kwanzaa. And that really confused me. That year <laughs> that really confused year. <laughs> me. <laughs> that one year we were trying to be black, extra black. <laughs> um, no, nah, I've never really liked Christmas. Thanksgiving, I was a fat kid growing up, so it was just mad food. So that was good. But the, the I did like this time of year for one reason. What? So my mom's birthday is in December. Mm-hmm. And my birthday is in January, and then it was Christmas. So there was like a month and a half where there was like lots of cake in the house. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, and given what I just said about my uh, my waistline <laughs> as a child, it was very important. Sure. It was like the one time yeah I could wake up and have cake for breakfast. Mm-hmm. My mom just like wouldn't say anything. She's like, "It's your birthday, I right, whatever." So good habits. They start early. Nice. Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. And also, can we talk about, like, why is it that whenever they're trying to do, like, some... Yeah, what was that? Uh, Lean on me and shit. And... um, Joe, uh, Joe Carter and you know why is it always gotta be like the only way to save them is to act like an asshole you gotta give them discipline it's like you don't do that to white people you know what's funny about that a little bit of segue um so obviously I used to teach you you already know that but um I never had a fight in my class I never talked down to my students I always came at them mm-hmm. the same way that I'm talking to you and I never had a problem in my class so I always thought that was bullshit when I was younger um Obviously, I'm not the biggest dude. I'm not the tallest dude. So I wasn't going to walk in <laughs> on the first day and start telling people what to do. I was 25, 26. My oldest student was like 21. Um, so it's just really how you approach them. I know that tough love thing, it sounds like it works, but really people just want want to be treated on a level like people. Yeah, I think also, all right, this is gonna, all right, this is like a weird segue. But, like, the history of, like, our people in America was one where we were, like, yelled at and dominated and, like, yeah. all this shit, right? So, is it, like, some ingrained, like, 
friggin' like generational trauma bullshit. I don't see. That's <laughs> like, interesting you say that because I know as a parent, people talk about beating your kids. You know, like taking out the yeah. belt. They're like, oh, but that's the way slaves are reprimanded. And like, are you really going to hand that down to the next generation? And I'm like, yeah, I hear that, but sometimes my son be acting like an ass. <laughs> Um, And I haven't hit him yet, like little plucks, you know, mild stuff that my mom would do, whatever. But um, I think, what's that saying? Spare the rod, spoil the child. I think a threat is enough. You can threaten somebody with words. And and yeah, verbal man. verbal abuse lasts so much longer than physical abuse. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I fuck my kid up. I'm gonna fuck him up real bad. Ain't gonna be no bruises. Oh, remember this shit when he's fifty. <laughs> Yeah, his therapist is going to make a lot of money off him. He's not coming to my funeral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but okay. So here's the thing. And I, 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 obviously I do not have children, so I can speak from a very philosophical point of view. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a dog. True. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Uh, and I did work with, uh, with, with, you know, foster youth and, you know, did a, did a lot of like mentoring in my day. Um, so when you like resort to like physical violence or like, uh, physical reactions to something, it's almost like you're not respecting their intelligence, right? So it's like humans, our main way of communicating is through words. So if you're like mad at your kid, like use your words, like kind of like talk them through like why you pissed at them and like what the consequences are because that's how they're going to have to learn to communicate later on. A dog, like for the most part, they don't understand language at first. So like you have to like do physical things because that's how they, they like respond to physical cues. So it's like, don't go on the street, don't go on the street. I'm not going to plead with my dog. Hey, hey, don't try not to run into the street. It's like, no, you're going to pull, pull the collar and like pull his like scruff. Yeah. So, but like, if you're doing that for like a human is like, now nah, we got words. Now then again, like if your kid's running the street, you're not going to plead like, hey, hey, please. No, you're going to grab them. But for the most part, you're just being an ass. It'd be like, just to like smack a kid just because you're being an ass. It's like, uh, do you think your kid's not smart enough to eventually get it? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It's um because the- then it's like, what you gonna say? You like freeze them, right? It's like flight, fight, fight or free. Yeah, but now you just got them frozen, right? So I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'm not a neural major, but... Some shit's fucking up your brain. So yeah, what do you? The thing with um, physical abuse is, what is your next step? Like you've already hit the kid, and they still don't get it. Yeah. They still don't respond. Like, <laughs> no. what are you gonna do next? <laughs> There's nothing next. Like, um, did you have yeah. your teachers? Did they hit on you when you were a kid? Because I never got hit on by teachers. Although I always my teachers, nah, yeah. nah. Oh, I forget. We what? We went to different schools. So what? let me tell you a crazy story. Um, <laughs> when I was I mean, in, we went um, to the same high school, same but, uh, high school, but they, uh, yeah, they, it was different back then. So I went to school in Best Stuy, um, all black neighborhood. I always make a point of telling the story. Um, there was, <laughs> I lived in a black neighborhood because it was Crown Heights after the turnover in the sixties and seventies. So it was like all these black people moving in. I went to school in Bed Stuy, all black people. Um, a little bit of Hispanic people, barely any white people, except at the school. So, and it's mad funny. It's mad funny that like we have to clarify that because that is not what those neighborhoods are in right it's now. It's not, and that's what I'm saying. So when I tell people before, I used to be like, "Oh, I went to school in Bed Stuy. I got a little credit." People be like, "Oh, word, Bed Stuy, okay." And now when people are like, "Where'd you go to middle school?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, in Brooklyn somewhere." Because I can't even say it because it's not it's not the same. People will look at me funny anyway. I know. I was like, "Yeah, I'm from Bushwick." They're like, "Oh my god, girls <laughs> shot!" And I was like, "Ah, oh, Lena Dunham." Oh, by the way. I got a whole rant to go on about Lena Dunham, nah, but, right. but I will I will hate on her uh, 
at any time. Um, so I'm at the school, uh, middle school. Like I said, um, I barely see any white people throughout the course of my day, literally. And that's not an exaggeration from like kindergarten up to eighth grade, maybe. But in middle school, we had a lot of white teachers. We had a white principal and used to be able to hit, hit your kids back in the day. So, um, there was this lady. <laughs> Let's just clarify. Let's just clarify. Uh, pa- parents used to be able no, 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 to dis- no. Parents would go in and be like, you know, if if um, Carter starts acting funny, you know, you have my permission to just calm him down. And it was like an unsaid rule, but you would go and tell your your teacher that the parent and teacher would have an understanding, and then that teacher could reprimand that kid. So we had this one kid who used to be my boy. Um, shout out to him, Boney Tate, I think was his name, um, and. He had a problem listening. He might have had ADHD, but he just couldn't sit still in his um his chair. I am I am so on the record. I am so uncomfortable with the story. Oh, I'm, I'm saying this was so for people my age who remember that that place and remember that lifestyle. Like this is not an uncommon thing. So, um, she would grab his ear and she would pull him by the ear. So this is in front of everybody. What? Everybody's looking. What? Um, she would have been fired if this was you know 2018. But she would be like you know, let's call him Bob. She'd be like, Bob, sit down, sit down, Bob, Bob, sit down, grabs his ear, yanks him, brings him into the seat. Bob, I told you to sit down, sit down, stop talking and read the book. And we would all see it and it would be like nothing to us. But even as a kid, oh, oh it could be like, ooh, not even that because you don't want to get your ear pulled. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was always like weird to me because I never saw, like I said, a lot of white people in school. And then you have this white lady who's pulling the air and like hurting this little black boy in front of all these black people. So always like rubbed me the wrong way. It was something I always remembered, but corporal yeah, punishment. You don't think that's, huh? you don't think that's like some like power dynamic bullshit. It was like, crazy. First of all, she was bold because like I said, she was one of the few white teachers, all the parents are black. So I'm surprised she didn't get stomped out or anything happened. But um, back in the day, that was definitely allowed. So corporal punishment is not. Okay. But that's also some bullshit, right? Like, so I swear to God, like, yeah, <laughs> let somebody come at me. So here's the thing. This is like abuse in so many ways, right? So you're using the power dynamic of the fact that you're an adult and they're a kid, right? Using the power dynamic of like the black white thing, which I don't even have to get into. Um, I mean, for for all you know, like she like made him develop some weird fetish now where he's like, you know, like, oh, I need some like older white lady to yell at me. Uh, like, I don't know, man. You like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people pay a lot of money on for stuff like that now. Um, but yeah, you know, that's I don't know. That's highly uncomfortable. I mean, we would have the teachers. I remember there was one teacher in middle school, like Miss Ned was her name, and she was like, yeah. So you know, gifted and talented in middle school. That's not humble brag. I'm just just laying the foundation. Um, but it was actually like mostly black and Latino. There were like two white kids in the whole school, and they were like Polish immigrants from Greenpoint, and. Uh, I remember the girl was blonde and she was really pretty. And I was like, probably the first blonde. I was like, oh, okay, what's up? Um, her English wasn't great. Actually, her English was right. Um, anyway, mostly mostly black and brown people, right? But like most schools, you know, you got your teachers are diverse. So the teachers that would give you the, who like people who like would fear were the ones that like, if you acted up, they got real. They would just start yelling. So there was like my math teacher, I think Miss Torres, she was like Italian and Puerto Rican or something. And everyone knows like, dude, do not mess around with Miss Torres's class. You do not. Cause like she would just start yelling. And it's the type of shit like yelling so loud that the teachers next door would be like, oh, oh really? there she go again. Like that. Yeah. 
or like but the the one i remember miss ned i think she was like a history teacher and she was like black woman and uh you know very like afrocentric black and proud type stuff in fact got pissed at my mom when they took me out to school to put me in that gifted and talented uh program to go into private school and she was like they keep taking our best ones and i was just like man you try and keep me here with the crabs in a bucket type shit man like my mom's trying to get me out of this shit <laughs> like this is like the second best junior high in New York City, and it still got 5,000 kids in it or whatever. Um, so anyway, her shit, though, because she was black, I think she would play the, like, the auntie card. Okay. Like, she would get mad at you, but on some, like... I'm only mad because I love you? Way that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, it hurt in a different way than, like, Miss Santos. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, Miss Ned being disappointed in you was like, oh, damn. Oh damn, I'm 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 hurting all people. I hear that. Uh, I had a teacher like that. Shout out Miss Baker, biology. Keep going. Yeah. So I don't know what my point of that story was. Well, but anyway, uh, I was like, God, you, I, I was like, <laughs> made a good point. So I said that what is the um what is the alternative once you go to physical abuse? And I said that verbal abuse and emotional abuse they last longer, but they really do work. So that is the recourse because I have reprimanded little Jay. Where I've done like a pluck on the hand, you know, stop doing that. And he keeps on doing it. But then I've done, um, I'm very, I'm not, I'm, what is it? I'm not mad at you, but I'm upset. I'm upset with what you did. And this kid will like, <laughs> his lip will start quivering and he'll like bow his, bow his head down and like be all sad and then try to be my best friend. So um, oh, yeah. it definitely works. Psychological abuse is the best abuse. That'll be our okay, stop lesson call, for the stop day. Calling it abuse. Stop calling it abuse. <laughs> Psychological uh, training. <laughs> is, is that more... Is that more appropriate? And it's like the other episode you were talking about the "If You Think You're Lonely Now" song, and he's like just being an ass. Like you're basically. So this is the theme through all our through all our shows that you just like to mess with people's minds and you think it's okay. But it's funny though, right? So I went to the. I was trying to get the back to that article about the kids and that school, and then uh, so the the article right underneath it. Um, is this picture of uh? So I guess it's from some movie where uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal playing a, a teacher who's inspiring her kids with poetry, and I was just like, "Yo, how many movies do we need with like the inspirational white female teacher?" Yeah, they were killing that. They did that with Dangerous Minds. They did that with Finding yeah. Forrester, and then I thought they were done. I thought that trope was over with, and I did nah, see that everything. movie. I didn't see it. I saw the preview for it. No. But shout out to Maggie going on. Uh, Secretary. <laughs> Remember that? Secretary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I've always been a fan. I, I know. That's why, that's why I mentioned that movie. <laughs> and she's in that movie, uh, 42nd? 42nd? What is that? The HBO show. I don't know. Oh, Deuce. 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 Yeah. Deuce. Yeah. yeah. Which I still haven't seen. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like I, it. I know. I know I would. I'm way into Ben. Ah, see. When I'm in my when I'm in my holiday, I don't want to talk to people mood. And I'm just gonna watch like 17 hours of television. I'll, I'll watch it. Oh, speaking of binge and school, let's tie these all in. Um, do you, let's do the let's do the connect. So this connect. Do you remember? And I don't know if you had this because you went to that gifted school. Although my my middle school was also called a gifted and talented school. Shout out to 308 Bedstuy. But um, but did you have to take a test to get into your gifted and talented school? I did. We were apparently no, okay. no. It wasn't gifted and talented. <laughs> they call it was the best and the brightest, and we were the the what do you call it magnet school oh you're a magnet yeah yeah so you know you know 
No, I want to flex had, on you, had, but uh, Philip Philip Pascala, IS three eighty three, shout out Green Avenue, <laughs> Nickelback stop on an M train. <laughs> that Skyla Skyla to who much is given, much is required. I don't know. We got like a school song. I don't remember. <laughs> I one up you. Like, what type of middle one up you? Middle school has a school song. So we had um, we had. Uh, By the way, speaking of, speaking of psychological abuse, is that Lil J in the back? He is. Hold on one second. Let me lock this door. <laughs> So he's um he's potty training and he just took a huge dump in his little potty and he wanted to show me so and he's crying um he's crying because the door's closed uh, oh I thought he was crying because he <laughs> I do not understand potty training something I do not need to understand moving on so moving on my point was that um yeah your school was cool and all but bad boy adopted our school and had one twelve come and do a, a mini performance for us back when that song was popular uh. Of course, it was a mini performance. They only had two songs. They did. They did. Only you. That was it. But yeah, so a little. That is such an inappropriate song for middle school. A little bit schoolers. cooler. I'm just saying. Um, we never got Biggie, although people would see him around. I never did. Um, but back then in the day, do you remember these lunchroom uh, desserts? They used to have these lint butter cookies. They were in a yellow wrapper. Did you ever have that? Y'all probably had like healthy shit. But <laughs> no, nah, I mean, nah, I still had the like, you know, what was it? There was like different tiers of lunch. There was like, oh, fancy. Free, there was like free and then there was like reduced. And then there was like, you got to pay the whole dollar. Oh, yeah. So oh, we were yeah, all free. And, and, yeah. And I remember one year it was like free for me. Then one year it was like reduced. And then one year it was like, pay. I was like, yo, I don't understand. I think my mom was making the same amount of money, but this is just confusing. <laughs> like, what the yeah. So I do not remember these cookies. They were delicious. Um, they were lint butter cookies and they, you could buy them at the store for 50 cents, but they started adding them to the meals and it was always a treat at the end of the meal and we would trade cookies or whatever. Anyway, I had a craving for them. I couldn't find them in the stores. So I found the factory and I bought two boxes, like 36 packages of cookies. And I would say for the past month, I just been like stacking on them and delicious still. Uh, should I should I ask how your uh, half marathon training is coming? Or oh, it's, that, it's, it's in the process. The, the, the wheels are in motion. <laughs> it, it was a thought in my head, and it's still it's still in there. So, you know. the wheels are in motion. Are you in motion? <laughs> motion is occurring. Movement is happening. <laughs> let's let's okay, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to go back to the other thing, but I just bought one of those uh, Bluetooth connected scales. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's like that's like ultimate accountability. You can't be rounding shit. It's like nah, I'm gonna round that down because you know I got on jeans and uh, you know my my hair is wet. I just drank a glass of water. It's like nah, just just stand on the shit. It's gonna go straight to your phone. <laughs> Cannot lie. Uh, but I I did I when I first stepped on it, I was wearing a lot of clothes and uh, and I was actually wearing socks. They say you're not supposed to wear socks because it tries to like estimate your body fat percentage oh yeah you have to have skin uh, skin well skin though yeah because it was yeah it was saying i was a little i was a little bigger than gotcha yeah. but um you know you know it, it's good accountability It's basically like talk about this is this is psychological abuse right mm-hmm. there it's like you step on that scale and it's just like yeah what's, what's this is this is where you at what's up it's like it's like it's like subtle it's just like oh a little little bit higher today brandon huh yeah, sorry about that. They should mock you. There should yeah. be a way to throw in some insults. Because again, let's go back to that psychological uh, training, not abuse. <laughs> but that would be a good feature to uh, motivate people. Some people need a little, a little, a little extra. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that could be that could be the uh, 
that could be our Kickstarter when that. we're ready. Absolutely. I would Yeah, you I would are, put in you that are time. basically a, <laughs> you an asshole. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa. You know I have a limit here, right? <laughs> the the asshole scale coming to uh coming to a Kickstarter near you folks. Speaking of uh, speaking oh. of speaking of middle school. No, I'm gonna go, go back. back. I'm gonna go, go way back. back. Connect. Okay, so actually, damn, there's two threads I want to okay. go on. One Recently, I was just thinking about this. I finally appreciate Puffy. Puffy the Vampire Slayer? Puffy. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Diddy. Stay, let's Diddy. stay on that. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Sean, Puff, mm-hmm. Sean Puffy Combs. Mm-hmm. I think it's taken me 25 years to appreciate him. Okay. Because back in the day, I was like, yo, this is whack. They're not even making good beats. They're just taking old shit and like, but that was his genius, though. It was like, I'm going to make money by making it familiar enough for people to latch on to it. And multi-generations, too. So your mom is going to yeah. vibe to the beat, and you're going to vibe to the lyrics. That was exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Like, my mom was, like, vibing to that, but, like, had no clue. It was like, who's hot? Who's not? <laughs> and, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, something for the whole family. So... Uh, shout out to Puff. Like I, I gotta give him. I still think he was like, I don't know, that archetype ghetto fabulous mm-hmm. type shit, uh, which was also kind of whack. It was like we all trying to be like grungy and gritty and like backpacker and shit. And he comes in with like shiny suits and shit, which is like, he did. yeah, it was like a character show. But like you know what, he made money off it, so I gotta respect that. And the fact that he's still relevant, yo, he is, he is, um, he definitely is. I think. He did his lane. That was his lane. He he was always a person who wanted the spotlight. So he was good as a play in the background. And then he wanted to get more and more into it. And he went that route, the flashy, showy thing. I think the problem was he was so successful that everybody coming up after him was like, oh, let me do the same thing and did the yeah. same thing. And then it got saturated. And then it's okay if one person's doing it. When everybody's doing it, then it's like, okay, garbage. Um Puffy, yeah. you can't have a whole yeah. gen- whole genre of whack. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Puffy, R.I.P. to his uh, yeah yeah Kim Porter. Yeah, yeah. Man. What's crazy about that? Yeah, you know, so, what are you gonna say? <clears throat> yeah, I was like reading something. It was just like, and you, you know, you work in medicine. Is it is it really like a thing where like people of color aren't like taken seriously when they go to a hospital? So um, people of color, I'll tell you right off the bat, and this is. There have been studies that prove it. Um, people walk in and they think that black people, I don't want to say are superhuman, but feel less pain than the average human, quote unquote, white people. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like they can tough more things out as opposed to white people. Um, there have been studies that prove that. So there is a there is a stigma. There is a, a lens that you, that not me, but uh, that people look at black people um through so it's definitely a thing um unfortunately but it's it's real but yeah it's also like like serena williams right she almost like granted she is basically as far as superhumans go probably like Mm -hmm. up there but like she's like almost died after having a daughter because they're just like nah you're faking it you're faking she's like no something is wrong and like, yeah, if like one of the most elite athletes in the world isn't taken seriously, um, so that so that's like on one hand, and then on the other hand, I think also has been proven, or if it hasn't been proven, I notice from my peoples, 
we don't like go to the damn doctor, yo. Like the amount of, and it's not just a black people thing or brown people thing. Like it's, it's all humans, but particularly people of color or lower socioeconomic. It's true. They don't go to the doctor, yo. So it's like you don't go to the doctor forever, and then when you go, the doctors ain't believing you. So then the shit's just getting worse. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a negative feedback loop. Um, definitely, pain medications are less prescribed to black people compared to other people. Um, definitely. You walk in and again, you live in America, so you're going to be a little nervous or some people are going to be a little nervous when you walk in and you have, you know, sometimes a, a doctor that doesn't look like you telling you what's wrong or telling you that they don't believe your pain or you had a bad interaction or experience. Or they're just assholes doctors who are like, yo, just lose which weight. Which is true too. Which is, which is true too. Which is true. Everybody should be losing weight. But like, if that's all you come at people yeah. with, it's like, they don't come to the doctor, right? And then all you come at them with is some negative shit, like stop smoking, lose weight. Yeah. It's just like, yes, that is true. But how are you going? It's like change management one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just like point out a solution. Like a broken clock is right twice mm-hmm. a day. Like you could guess the right mm-hmm. answer. How are you actually going to get somebody to change, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of doctors are assholes. Like it's just like they didn't go to school to be nice so people. So the thing that doctors don't learn is they don't learn bedside manner. You kind of have to be born with it. You can learn to have it, but really when you walk in and you meet a person for the first time, you know if they have it or not. And um, also business, but that's a different story altogether. Um, Shout out to my friend who's doing primary care at a community health center in Massachusetts. And he was seeing underserved populations and his manager, um, they decided to introduce, I think like HIV testing, but they gave the faculty no training. Um, There's been problems with wages and everything. And essentially it looks like down the road, this place might close because the people who really want to be there, the people who really want to help are getting crapped on. They're getting all of these responsibilities thrown on them with limited resources. And people are, are dropping like fries and nobody really seems to care because, again, it's an underserved community. So it doesn't really apply to people who are making these policies. So this is like a yeah. it's been and a I, problem forever. Um, and I, and I, I want to clarify, like, yo, I got a lot of friends in medicine and like. Yeah, I think there's lots of good people. Yeah, definitely. And like definitely. a lot of a lot of them go into it. Um, yeah, it's like that new uh, that Joel song, Joel and Apollo Brown, and he's like, uh, he's like, I forget what it's called. Like, I hate the hospital. Uh, you know, no disrespect to what the nurses and doctors yeah. do, but when my people come out, it seems my people coming out alive feels impossible. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel you on that, man. Like, and you know, some of it is just like. Because you're not part of the system, because people aren't going to doctors uh, in the medical system, they don't understand mm-hmm. it. And it literally is speaking another language. True. Um, and like, no one's going there when shit is good, which is also part of the problem, right? You're only going there in like high stress. Um, so yeah, it's just a bad setup. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to take us to a completely different place. Well, I want to stay on this for <laughs> one second and then we'll revisit this. But I want to talk. So Kim Porter, she had a doctor. Um she had like a respiratory problem at the time. They don't know if there was some underlying cardiac issues. They said that she is not a drug user, no recreational drugs, um, no alcohol. I think that's what they said in the reports, but she still passed away. Um, I wanted to take it to a relationship kind of twist, but where do you want to go with this? And we can always come back to this. I'll say it real quick. I'll say it real quick. So yeah, let's go. Let's go. Cause now mine feels very nah, nah, So it made me think because Puffy's been with that her off and on for like what 20 30 years maybe 30 years by now uh-huh. and um yeah. 
he was all first he was with her then he wasn't then they would get together then they would break up then they would have a kid and then he went to jennifer lopez and they'd come back and he had twins and then he went to what's the name the one he was dealing with uh cassie cassie and then um porter passes away and then in the news he's like that was my best friend that was my soulmate um that was you know the love of my life and all this stuff i'm not hey i mean she's passed away and probably a wrong time to talk about this but if you meet somebody who you feel like is your soulmate and that's the one you wanted to be with and the one who who's always been by you before you were famous why did he wipe that up yeah so she she said it was because he cheated so much once he had once she had the the twin girls she didn't want to set the wrong example by having a guy kind of walk over her in front of the girls which is respectable but i get why she didn't do it but why didn't he do it? If you find somebody in your life who means that much to you, um, you know, that's you come across those people few and far in between. So it's a weird time to bring this up now and ask that question. But for the people who have those people in their lives, like seize that uh, that connection, and you never know when that person's going to be around or if they're going to be around the next day. I guess. Uh, I've got. Uh, I've got many thoughts. I know that's why that's why I was gonna hold off on it, but it, it it kept on lingering in my head because she was so young, and you know I'm not close to that age, but that'll you know it's on the horizon, and I think about my friends who are in relationships, and I have another relationship question to bring up in a second, but um, I see a lot all of people right, playing right, games. So- I have a lot of coworkers who are females who talk to me about guys who play games where they want to build something and the guy doesn't, and then. They break up and then the guy finds out he really wanted that thing and now he's trying to go back to it and they don't want to get back with them. It's just a weird pattern I keep seeing over and over again. I was just wondering. All right. So I think uh, uh, the relationship episode. I know this is this could be (laughs) this might be the extended episode as far as paying members. Um, No. All right. So I agree with everything you said. I just want to point out a big assumption you had going into it, which is the crux of my uh, uh, opposition okay. to, to everything okay. you said. So I agree okay. with everything you said, but there's a fundamental assumption that makes me like dis- Hit me. You assume, mm-hmm. or it felt like in your conversation, mm-hmm. you're assuming that everyone is trying to find the one and be in a stable monogamous family centered relationship. I hear you. I don't want to say the one like there's one person in the world that you're going to be with. I think it's all. But you said you said if some if you love someone so much, why didn't he wife it up? Why didn't he, why did he play around? Yeah, because if you're going to say, "Oh, she's the best mom. She's my soulmate. Um I've known her since forever. She's always been by me. She's always stood by me." Um Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right because he hasn't. I mean, I mean, anybody. so like, yeah. So what is what does soulmate mean? Soulmate is a flimsy when term. That's soulmate. a bullshit term. Um, I, but you just used I use it. it. What did you mean when? What you I mean soulmate? is for me, and you know, let, let me put it this way. <laughs> it's like interrogation. No, no, no. Shit. I hear what you're saying. What, what, you, what, you, what, you, saying. what did you mean by the saying. words? I understand soul and mate. <laughs> but what did you mean when you said it? So together? this is what what I mean by it. And soulmate is the wrong term. Um, knowing me, knowing my personality, you know that it takes a while for me to warm up the people. Um, and find like people I can vibe with. My my circle is limited. Um, yeah. What did you call yourself a few weeks ago? A schizoid? 
Yeah, yeah, schizoid yeah, SPD. SPD. We abbreviated. But um that's me. So for me, I guess the the benefit of that sort of personality is you kind of filter out all the BS people and you lock in on the people who you really feel like are gonna be with you for a long time. Um uh-huh. so for me, my it's not my soulmate, but it's my wife, who is I discovered became my best friend. I never thought you could have a female best friend up until I was like in my 30s, no lie. I had maybe two female friends in my life. And I just thought like, if you're going to be friends with a female and you're not smashing, I really don't see the point. So I think, <laughs> and I know that sounds messed up, but that's me being honest. I always felt that way. So for me, uh-huh. um, like I had this shield up, I had that mentality. And then all of a sudden this girl I meet in my class is working her way into my circle. She's feeling like a best friend. We're doing all this stuff together that I would normally do with my boys. And it just built and built. And then I discovered, oh, wow, she's unique of any other female that I've met. And then knowing mm-hmm. that I had that or I found that, I was like, okay, I want to hold on to this because this is like, great. I like this feeling. Um, I get that Puffy's a social person. He's probably met a lot of people who could be his, he, he vibe with or had that sort of connection with. Um, so I guess maybe we're different in that way. But for me, and I guess I'm looking at his life through my context, if you found something like that, because to me, that's sort of rare, at least from my my experience, like why not lock onto mm-hmm. that? So soulmate's the wrong word, but just that that sort of connection seems unique enough to me that I would hold on to that, especially if you're saying you love this person so much and and go on that whole so, route. So maybe, maybe in Puff's point of view, he did hold on to that. Because he's still in her life. She's still in his life. Um, it just holding on to it looks different than how you saying like lock into it. So here's the metaphor analogy. I always get that messed up. Is it East? Okay. I, like, yeah. you know, our English teachers would be so mad at me uh, that I, I always mess up metaphors and analogy. Um, it's like, let's say you have, right, this might be a little weird. I, I, I think you consider me one of your best mm-hmm. friends. Awkward. I mean, uh... <laughs> Vice versa. Vice versa. <laughs> All right. Hypothetically, uh, if I was one of your best friends, right? And you'd be like, yo, I wanna, I wanna <laughs> this is sound I, we, just, yo, I wanna yo, let's not be typical men. Let's just let's lean into our emotions. Okay. Um uh it'd be like, yo, this is like my boy, like he understands me, like yo, he no, he's been there through all these different phases yeah, of my yeah. life, etc. Like I'm gonna make sure this person is always yeah. in my life. Yeah. That did not mean you could not make new friends, right? So so we we met in high school, right? We got through all the bullshit in high school together. We go to different colleges. You 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 got your boys in, in mm-hmm. college, right? I had mm-hmm. friends, et cetera. And it's not like, yo, yo, why why you why are you making new friends? I you hear know? you. I you hear know, you. It's, it's like and subsequently you went to grad school. Mm-hmm. You did all these things. You met your mm-hmm. now wife in grad mm-hmm. school, right? Well, I was like, "Yo, yo, why are you, yo, why are you making me even more exactly, friends?" Exactly. Now, right? So, so I know, I know it's different when you throw in a relationship and different types of intimacy. Mm-hmm. But to me, I always, uh, right, I'm gonna officially come out as non-monogamous or more monogamish leaning. Uh, okay. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Hello world. Yeah. Can we play the Diana Ross? I'm coming out of uh, bed. Come in. Um, so yeah. So like, 
I have lots of deep thoughts on this, as you know, um, because I think people get a little too hung up on what good is supposed to look like. Gotcha. I hear you. Um, because to me, like, yes, Puff cheating on her, that's messed up, right? If Puff was just like, yo, I love you. I need you in my life. But like, I just, I'm on the road all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just know myself. Like, it's about expectations, right? So everyone's going in with one expectation of we're supposed to meet one person and you're supposed to be physically intimate only with them. And anything else is wrong. But I think I look at the Puff and Kim thing as like a beautiful example. Like, strong relationship, raised children together, like in each other's lives. Like the fact that this man is broken up, the fact that she's not here anymore. That was love. That was deep love. Like, yeah, he also maybe met other people that he had love for, or love with at different times, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, in so I think for me, we're all raised with like this one assumption. And then like one reason has been so hard for me to quote unquote come out as like non-monogamous or more monogamish leaning is like because there's a value judgment i think people put on you even when they don't know they're putting a value judgment so i hear what you're saying absolutely and that absolutely is what i did with this whole situation um because i put it into my context it wasn't kim and puffy it was jay and mrs jay and that's how i was looking at it and you're absolutely right I do think there's other situations that make it work. My parents aren't married um, and they've never been married and they still have me and my sister and they make that situation work. And there's obviously still love in the family. So yeah, you're right. You're right. I viewed it the wrong way. It's not the wrong way. I'm just saying it's like, there's like this very easy narrative, right? So like, honestly, like when you're like, yo, I never, I've never been friends with my, I didn't know I have a female best friend. Like, as you know, I have many, mad female. Many. I never understood for the longest. I'm like, God, they just, like, they talk about their boyfriends. Like, they could be talking about that with you and you still smash. And then it's like uh, the relationship makes sense to me. But, um, no, I mean, even, even in high school. When I, was, yeah, I remember. It was when, I remember. There was nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing going on in yeah. high school. But, yeah, it's like I had mad female friends and, like, Everybody's like, uh, am I like the straight gay best friend? Like the stereotypical like movie yeah. trope. Um, it's just like, nah, I connect with women and I connect with, with dudes, right? Like, I don't know. I'm a man of I'm a man of the people. Um But yeah, I think some of it is we've talked about this, like I think, you know, both raised by single mothers, but like, yeah, most times dudes aren't like really trying to be in touch with their emotions. And maybe like me being friends with women were like was like my way of like being more comfortable around emotion, even though it took me a while to get comfortable with my own. Um, yeah, man. Like I think, yo, life is beautiful, right? Like I, I I'm happy for everybody picking their path as long as they actively pick it, right? So you know, if you want to give me like side eye when I say like, yeah, I don't know if I want you know vanilla monogamous marriage, two point three kids, house in the suburbs, you know, people giving me side eye and shit, but it's like. I've never cheated on anybody. Like I've had long-term relationships for like multiple years. You know, I could have like taken the red pill and been married in the suburbs right now. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, people want to judge my shit, but it's like, yo, how many people have cheated on everybody? How many people are married and like being dogs and being like, 
It's like, yo, you just can't be real. So like, yo, don't judge somebody else. Like, get your own yeah, shit together. Because yeah. like, if you really like, yo, here's the thing, right? I, I, I'm not coming. All right. You and I have had conversations mm-hmm. where it's like, sometimes sex is just sex. Sometimes it's fun, right? Like, I know. <laughs> and like, <laughs> so I've heard. Um, and maybe having sex just with one person for the next 40 years is like. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's cup of tea. And maybe you find that one person that you love and you want to lock down or however, but even the both of y'all, like, I love you, but I'm kind of tired of you yeah, every yeah. day. So maybe we like, maybe we spice it up. Maybe we switch yeah, it yeah. up or something, um, <laughs> which leads me to a random segue. Um, I ran into this thing called Kink BNB. Kink BNB. All right. Wow. It's like Airbnb, but for like, kink uh stuff right so it's funny like i like went on the website i was just like yo what is this and it's mad funny so all right it's rental marketplace for the sexually adventurous find your play pay, play place in over 305 cities worldwide all right so there's one in the featured listings dungeon east downtown los angeles dungeon and like the picture of this like I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it looks like a massage table, but underneath it is like a crate with like a lock. Okay. Okay. Then there's like the Chicago dungeon rental. And it's just like a bedroom with like this like Victorian stuff. And it's like chair that, you know, gives you different angles. So they just set up, um, they just, you just rent the, the equipment and the space. You rent in a space and the space has equipment. So this is one, a prison cell near wow. Leipzig, Germany. And it's like, it's like a prison cell with a freaking sheet on it. Um, there's like a studio in downtown LA. There's like a B&B with like the closets got nothing but like leather and whips. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this estate upstate New York where this, the picture is these, this, it is like that pony play thing. This dude like dressed up and these he's on a harness and then there's just like a normal looking like venice beach getaway and i'm like that just looks like a normal living room and now i'm like that to me is the one that freaks me out the most it's like (laughs) it's like what makes that kinky uh but yeah man like this is uh quite interesting i just went to the site Um, and i see something like in my neighborhood which is weird um (laughs) yeah watch it be like your neighbors (laughs) (laughs) you thought that was a baby crying Oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, not to kink shame anybody, because uh, yo, you did your thing. But uh, no, I'm like mad curious about the one that just looks like a regular ass living room. Yeah, that's probably where you go to die. <laughs> <laughs> but only, only when you have your safe words established. Oh, uh, I got another relationship question. Since we're on this topic, anyway, right. unless you want to jump off it, I know. <clears throat> no, I mean, yeah, we we here. So, I got a friend. Um, he's been dating a girl off and on for about six months. He's had some apprehensiveness towards it, but he's kind of like powering through, um, which brings up that whole thing with the old <laughs> tied down. And okay. When you, when you have to power through exactly, a relationship. Exactly. You should That's not be in it. About. So he's on the bus. Yeah. Are we turning into like Oprah and Dr. No, nah, this is stuff we talk about anyway. So um, he's on the bus and he sees this girl who piques his interest. He goes over, he asks for her number. Uh, Is this like a Tyrese music video? No, he was not singing in the back of the bus. He did not have a can of Coke. Um, (laughs) But uh, 
he uh he got her number and then he spoke to me and he was yeah good for him he got somebody's number in real yeah, life. in public in front of people who does that anymore right that's crazy i know crazy yeah, I, that's like that's like my biggest embarrassment <laughs> that's the only reason i don't talk to people in in public because it's just like yo everyone's gonna be like judging my game <laughs> it is true you gotta you gotta not have stage fright and just go out and do it so he did it he got the number and then he asked me like look I know I'm with this other girl, but this new girl, she seems like she has the qualities that I like. And he was like, should I talk to her or what should I do? So I told him, there, you know, there's two things you can do. This honorable way is to go and say. Okay. Okay. Can I, I'm going to pause you real quick. The fact that he even had the like excitement and energy to go get someone's number while quote unquote, I'm using the air quotes with somebody else that he's powering through. He's done. Exactly. He's done. Word for word, almost, that's exactly what I said. I was like, the fact that you could even do that, like you had the interest, you got up, you walked over, you started a conversation, you got the number, it means you're not all in with this current girlfriend. Yeah, he's looking for permission. He's exactly. looking for permission. To say. So I told him there's two ways to do it. There's the standard, the honorable way and the standard way. And the honorable way is to... <laughs> why, is, why is the standard way well, not honorable? here we go. So the honorable way is to you for you to be mature in your relationship and be like, look, this isn't panning out the way that I like. Um, I know you probably have some apprehension too. Let's just, you know, call it and be amicable about it. And then when you're done with that, then you holler at that girl. That's what you should do. But the standard way is the way that everybody does it, which is you hang on to your girl. You call the other girl. You <laughs> check the vibe, see what it's, what it's like, if it's flowing and vibing well. And then if you find that that's good, then you cancel a current girl. Okay, so here's okay, so okay, I'm gonna go on my rant right now, right? So this friend who I think I know he's talking about is <laughs> is a he's like he's kind of traditional. He is traditional. He is right? traditional. Kind of traditional. Um, you know, probably will look into get married at some point, have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, is a pretty stand up mm-hmm. dude. Um, all in all, um, but instead of just freaking being single, yes. A doing your yes. own thing, he's holding on to somebody while only letting go of them once he hold once he finds somebody else to hold on which to. Which is not which is, is not it, unique to no, him. You'd be surprised is, how many people do that. Monkey. You know, I'm this is monkey. Yeah. Though, right? Exactly. It's like, yo, I'm a swing. Monkey bars. I said the same thing, man. We're we're connected. Versus yeah. like me, like, yo, I'm just like yes, yeah, that's the name of the show. Um it's like, yo, I'd rather be single forever. And like be ready when the right person comes or just be like, hey, you and I are hanging out. It's casual. Like, I really enjoy your company. But like, I would also like if I meet somebody else, I would like to explore that as well. And if you're not comfortable with that, I totally understand that. But me and you probably shouldn't vibe. Um, And like, that's a hard ass conversation to have because you are like mostly oriented toward like one and only when it's just kind of like nah you are great and here's the thing like for a single dude i think like when i'm with somebody like i'm all in like if i'm hanging out with you today like you are the only person i'm thinking about you're the only person hanging out like but like if it's casual and it's just like hey i got a different person i'm interested in to know i'm all in there as well and i think maybe i just have the capacity to do that um but yeah i find it like yeah, me, I would rather like just communicate, even tough communication. Um, and yeah, it don't always work out, man. Like, 
how to yeah you know i'm not gonna blow up spots but no i think it's what you said back when you were talking about the whole traditional thing and on paper he would be the traditional guy to go forward and let's say everything went well with the six-month chick might even let's say marry her and then get a little bit into the relationship and then realize well this is not this is what i thought i wanted on paper it's not what i really want and then that might be the person who cheats down the road and i'm not saying that's him i'm just setting up a scenario because he's not that type of dude but um i think it's uh he wanted some advice and i told him the two ways to do it and we'll Ooh. see what happens with like, that stay tuned. But, it's like this is like our serial podcast <laughs> well i told him the third yo, thing should, yo, was to do it the way i, I would have did it <laughs> just put him on blast right now maybe maybe i could get him on the phone um the third option, though, which I told him, which was something I used to do in high school, is you just make the girl so annoyed with you that she wants to break up with you. And that takes a little bit of skill to do. And it's a little bit lazy. But then they feel empowered. And I'm all about feminism because um, they feel like they drop, dropped you. And then we both get what we want. So there's uh, three options. We'll see which one he chooses. I don't even know if I need to go on a record just saying how much I disagree with. <laughs> I think what you said is funny. Have it. I'm just like, oh man, no, it's true, yo. If you know, it's it's that, it's that's true. You have to inspire the next waiting to exhale for the for the new exactly. generation. And they can talk drunk about me with her girlfriends and be like, I dropped them, and they'll be like, cool, and, and thing, I'm out. You can't, you can't. <laughs> all you can do in life is be real with what you want, true, and try and be tactful. Mm-hmm. But you you don't you don't know how people are gonna react, and you don't know. And like, and that's the part that sucks, right? Like, there was a young lady who I was spending some time with, and yeah, long and short of it is, uh, you know, as, as I said, I I needed something different, and yeah. uh, I thought I was trying my best, and it's hard. It's a hard conversation, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I got some feedback that made me feel really. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago when I was like. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, am I am I that person? Like, was I being like mean? Was I being like unkind? And you know, we ended up talking about it. And I think you know, she's appreciative of my honesty, etc. But it's like, yeah, if she never talked to me again, which was very much the possibility, I would have never known if it was like five minutes after the conversation or five years after the conversation that she would be like, I right, I get it. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't say what I need to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's I like agree. one of those things. It's like you have a like you you give your lines, but you can't expect somebody else to, to nail their lines. Yeah. Hey, truth yeah. hurts. People just need to be more honest about what they want. Truth hurts. Did she ever have a different song or just that one song? She had that um Dr. Dre one with the beat, yeah. uh Indian beat. Yeah. And yeah. then I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one Dre. Dr. Dre. Oh, I listened to that um Oxnard Anderson Pac album. I'm still letting yeah. it settle I'm still in. It marinate. Yeah, I tried yeah. to listen to it on a run the other day, and it was mm-hmm. it's awesome. it's different. Um, yeah. and I then that, yeah, Pusha T. I was just kind of like, maybe I'm like in Pusha T overload right now. I feel yeah, like he a lot of he's very right he's like very strong. He's concentrated. You can't yeah. have too much of him in one dish. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I need you. I need you to sprinkle out your verses every few years. You just came out with an album. That's a lot of Pusha T. Mm-hmm. He gave a good interview. Did you see his interview with? Um, can we talk about other podcasters? Are we not cross promoting <laughs> the guy who made new music? If you... we don't even we don't even promote ourselves. <laughs> okay, so he was on the Joe Budden podcast, but he re- gave a really good um, like hour, two hour long 
interview. But it made me think this new album is um, Dr. Dre produced. He really had a hand in it. The first two albums were pretty much um, Anderson Pac and I think like the, what is it, the Free Nationals and him doing it on his own. But it reminds me of an analogy or metaphor or simile. Um, I used <laughs> yeah, to love the- <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Weisberg. We were paying attention. <laughs> the guy, we were paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of. So um, ice cream bars. So I had these cheap ones that my family used to love and we would eat them all the time and they were good. And then all of a sudden we went to the market and we had a little more money in the pocket and they had these gourmet ice cream bars and these gold metal wrappers and they were hundred percent, you know, dairy and all this crap. So <laughs> they were actual ice cream. I know it was a real food product. So we're like, you know, let's take a chance. You know, these are good and we know that they're good. We know that they're consistent, but let's try this new advanced thing. So we got them home and they're just the most disgusting ice cream bars in the world. And it made me think about this album. And I'm not going to say this is the most disgusting album in the world, but it's it's sometimes when you think you're adding that special, like advanced, you know, sauce to it, it kind of takes away from what it is. So there's a couple of tracks on there that feel good and they feel like Anderson Pop. And then there's some that definitely feel like Dr. Dre. And I will also say that I hate when Dr. Dre gets on a soundtrack or a song and he takes the style of the rapper he's on, even though you know he's not writing the lyrics. Yeah. It's kind of like metamorphosis metamorphosis what is Metamorpho- the word metamorpho <laughs> he changed mr weisberg i'm sorry <laughs> man mr weisberg i swear we were paying attention to english it's class. early yeah it's early um but yeah he he just takes on that part and it used to be cool you know on dre day and chronic and all that stuff but sometimes it gets annoying like just let somebody else rap i just let the rapper do another verse but it I, that always bugs me it's my pet peeve yeah. it's like when he was on the kendrick song it sounded exactly like kendrick's cadence it's like Kendrick, don't do that verse. Just give me the whole thing. I'm gonna say it exactly the way you just did in the uh, studio, and then I'll put it out, and I'll put my name on it, and we'll we'll make some money. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all I have anyway. to say, I'll give it some more listening, and I'll, I'll yeah. keep you posted. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like the first albums. It's like you record your first album like in your bedroom or in your garage, exactly. and you make a little bit of money. You get studio time, yeah. and like it's like, yo, we need a string section. And it's like, no, you don't, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just like some drums and some beats. It's like it's like same thing with Kanye, right? Like Kanye, but his. Uh, I feel like we always talk about Kanye, but like when he was working with John Bryan, and it's like, yo, okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. his shit got more cinematic and yeah. symphonic and. Damn, Mr. Weisberg, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, then Kanye, when he needed to get gutter again, just like went back into like the hole. Uh, so at least Kanye knew when he, but then his last joint, he was in Wyoming. I don't even know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah that's know. enough about Kanye for right now. Let's not talk about enough about Kanye. But we've learned some stuff today. We learned Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays. We learned that uh, psychological abuse is not the, the, the flow anymore. It's psychological training. We learned that it is okay to be a non-traditionalist in your relationships. Absolutely. And uh, we have to check our assumptions that everybody's looking exactly. for the same thing. We have to be less superficial and realize the other viewpoints that people have might be different from ours. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It means that there's other viewpoints out there for everything. I feel like we got in trouble and now we're just trying to say really nice things. No, I stick by everything I said. What do we get in trouble about? <laughs> I don't know. It was just like we learned that everyone is nice and Jesus loves oh, us. Oh no, because and- we had that awakening where I'm I'm telling the thing about Puffy in the context of me and my wife and my situation with women, yeah. and then seeing that like there's there's other stuff out there, and I've and you were right to say that, and I was right to like go back and revisit that. There's other ways of looking at things, and sometimes we forget that because we're so focused on our shit. 
and what we do and how we think. Exactly. Exactly. And you got to create space for people, right? Absolutely.